very warm welcome to you this morning as we come together to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. I'm sure that you have enjoyed worshiping God and praising Him and being in God's presence together with your family and joining along with the larger church family virtually this morning. I'm sure that it, uh, the presence of God is blessing your life and the presence of God is uplifting you and you are experiencing God's goodness more and more in your life. These days are very uncertain days. These days are days of trial and challenge for everyone. But God is with us. But God's presence is with us. God is leading us in a wonderful way. And I'm sure that you are walking in the presence of the Lord. We're going to go into uh, this morning's uh, message. But before we do that, I'm very glad and happy to announce the marriage bands of uh, Stephen Pradeep Moses. This is to publish the bands of marriage of Dr. Stephen Pradeep Moses, son of Pastor Thomas Moses and Mrs. Anita Moses, bachelor, residing at C1E Formra Tribune Apartment, 2nd Avenue Shakti Nagar, Nalambur, Mogapur West. Chennai 95, who is a communicant member of this church, Apostolic Christian Assembly, Ananaga West, and uh, Dr. Lydia Mariepen, spinster daughter of Mr. K. Mariepen and Mrs. Baby Mallika Mariepen, a communicant member of the Apostolic Christian Assembly, KK Nagar Church, residing at C301 Santorini Tata Value Homes, 451 Palayam Road, Kuttambakam, Chennai 602107, which will be solemnized at Feathers Hotel number 4129, Mount Punmali High Road, Manapakam, Chennai 89, on Wednesday, 22nd of July 2020, at 4 pm. If anyone can show just cause why these two may not lawfully be joined together in holy matrimony, let them now speak or else hereafter forever hold their peace. This is the announcement of the bands on the 19th of July 2020. May God bless Dr. Stephen and Dr. Lydia as the Lord brings them together in holy matrimony on the 22nd of July at 4 p.m. Shall we pause for a moment and pray for these dear children of God. Father, we thank you and praise you for blessing Dr. Stephen and Dr. Lydia in their lives, all through their lives from their childhood. Thank you for giving them good families, parents who have led them in the way of the Lord and who have brought them up in the fear and the knowledge of God. Lord, we thank you for blessing them with good education, good character, and above all, Lord, the desire and the privilege of serving you. Father, we pray your blessing upon them, even as they are joined together in holy matrimony on the appointed day. Lord, we pray that you will unite them, unite their hearts. And Father, we pray that you will join them together as husband and wife, that they too shall become one flesh and live to glorify your name and to fulfill your purpose in their lives. Lord, we pray your blessing upon them. We pray for their families, and especially their fathers. Even as they are away in different nations, we pray that you would be with the whole family and bless all the arrangements and preparation. Father, we pray that you would help them to walk, Lord, as your children, that they would keep you first and central to their lives and keep your mission and purpose Lord, before them as they journey along and they begin this journey and journey along all through their lives. Bless them, we pray. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Continue to pray for Dr. Stephen and Dr. Lydia as the Lord unites them in holy matrimony on July 22nd. God bless you. Let's go on to the word of God this morning. This is an amazing message that I have 
been learning and growing in for the last several months in fact this is the prophecy of ezekiel ezekiel the prophet uh, began prophesying as uh, the people of israel were taken into captivity and five years into the captivity in babylon he begins his ministry of prophecy as the lord calls him to be a prophet to the nation both to those who are exiled in babylon and those who are left behind in israel and jerusalem so here is an old message from an old prophet an ancient prophet and these are not the prophets who just prophesied loosely prophesied wishes of people and prophesied things that uh, would you know be soothing for the itching ears to hear but here these prophets were prophets who were true men of god prophets who heard god prophets who had divine visitations prophets who were carried in the spirit transported by visions of the lord in the spirit and these were prophets who did not just prophesy for the sake of personal you know well-being reputation or any kind of benefit for them for themselves but here these were prophets who lost everything in the ministry of prophecy who lost their reputation who lost their acceptance among the people who lost their own spouses who lost their money and everything that they owned these are prophets of a different kind and they come from a different age and so these are not prophets who are like the soothsayers of our times who just predict the future but these are prophets who brought the heart of god who carried the heart of god who walked in the presence of god who are men who stood in the awesome presence of god who experienced the passion of god and brought that to people and while they brought that to the people people did not hear them people did not like them people hated them people rebelled against them people plotted against them people wanted to kill them people hated them for the message they spoke so are two true prophets and very hard to find such kind in today's world the theme or the central theme that i see in the prophecy of ezekiel is all about the glory of god the central theme that i find in my meditation and reflection of the words of the oracles of prophecies that uh, ezekiel prophesied and these are a collection of prophecies that were you know prophesied at different times during the time of the exile and uh, as you carefully study you find the idea of the glory of god which is a central theme i find here where the glory was present among the people of god and now the glory of god departs when you talk about the glory of god the idea of the glory of god is the presence of god or the the tangible real intense presence of the almighty god the weight of his presence that can be experienced that is so awesome and unimaginable which reflects his holiness and his glorious nature and that presence of god was there in the temple and here is the presence of god the glory of god leaving the temple and then you find again the presence and the glory of god returning back to the temple once again wow so this is a season where we as a church of jesus have to come back to the glorious presence of god we need god's glorious presence enveloping us filling our hearts our families moving in our homes and also moving in our communities we need the glorious presence of god of course there is the um omnipresence of god the presence of god that is present everywhere all the time but here it is about the tangible presence of god the presence of god where people of god have an encounter with god people of god witness his awesome glorious presence and stand in awe of his presence 
and where the presence of God is so tangible and obvious, where the presence of God can be experienced in a real way, the presence of God is experienced as he moves among the community and he leads them to do his mighty works and his word comes to his people and he speaks to his people. Where the glorious presence of God is manifest through signs and wonders and miracles. Where the glorious presence of God brings about conviction in the hearts and lives of people. That people begin to repent and there is a, a, a visible transformation in people's lives. Where the glorious presence of God you know, empowers people and people begin to function in authority and power. And people begin to proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And uh, people begin to get saved and come into the kingdom of God. The glory of God has to come back into our lives. And I want to take us through the prophecy of Ezekiel. It's going to be just an overview. But in this overview, I'm going to touch upon very key aspects that is coming through, through the prophecy of Ezekiel. This is a quite a complex prophecy or collection of prophecies to read and understand. But as you listen to this, I would like to encourage you to go back after this message is over and begin to read through this prophecy. And come back and listen to this message after you've read through the prophecies of Ezekiel. Maybe take a couple of weeks to read through, read two, three chapters each day. Come back after a week and listen to this once again. It will certainly transform your life. It is helping me to grow deeper in my relationship with God. To begin to understand what God's heart is. And to understand where I stand in my relationship with God. And to reflect on my own life. I'm far from perfect. But I begin to realize the more I read and understand God's heart and as it is reflected through, as it is revealed through the scriptures, it begins to transform my life one step at a time. And that's what I seek after. That's what I desire for myself. And I pray that that will be your desire too. Shall we turn to the Bible, to Ezekiel chapter 1 and verses 4 to 9. Ezekiel chapter 1 verses 4 to 9. The key verse we will read later. But I want to begin here. Firstly to talk about the glory of God. And what it looks like. And then we will go into the key text for the passage. Ezekiel chapter 1 verses 4 to 9. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north. An immense cloud with flashing lightning. And surrounded by brilliant light. The center of the fire looked like glowing metal and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance their form was human but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, their feet were like those of a calf and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings on their four sides they had human hands. All four of them had faces and wings and the wings of one touched the wings of another. Each one went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. Read with me verses 15 to 18. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like topaz and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creatures faced. Their, the wheels did not change direction as the creatures went. Their rims were high and awesome. And all four rims were full of eyes around. It's an unimaginable description. It's something that if you even try to pictureize, it's difficult to even imagine. Such is the... Amazing complexity of the vision that Ezekiel the prophet had. God is unimaginably holy and glorious. That's the first thing that I want to emphasize before we go into the key verse. God is unimaginably holy and glorious. A windstorm coming out of the north. An immense cloud with flash, flashing lightning surrounded by brilliant light. 
the center of the fire looked like glowing metal and the fire was what looked like four living creatures. And here are these four creatures and images and the wheels intersecting the wheels and they are moving in different directions all around. This is the nature of God. He is holy and glorious. He is unimaginably great. He is unimaginably awesome. But I want to, with that understanding of who God is and what uh, God's nature is like, with that understanding, I want us to come to the key verse that I want to look at for us this morning. In Ezekiel chapter 11 and verses 16 to 21. Ezekiel chapter 11 verses 16 to 21. Therefore say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Although I sent them far away among the nations and scattered them among the countries. Yet for a little while I have been a sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. For yet for a little while I have been a sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. Therefore this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will gather you from among the nations and bring you back from the countries where you have been scattered. I will give you back the land of Israel again. They will return to it and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people and I will be their God. But as for those whose hearts are devoted to their vile images and detestable idols, I will bring down on their own heads what they have done, declares the Lord. You come back to the same passage, verse 16 to 21. Yet for a little while I have been a sanctuary for them in the countries they have gone. God has not forgotten us. God has not forsaken us. In the midst of the suffering, in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of God's wrath, in the midst of God's anger, in the midst of what God has done to the people of Israel, he says, yet for a little while I have been a sanctuary for them. And he says, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them a heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. When this happens, the glory of God returns back to the people. This is what the glory of God does. It brings a change. The glory of God returns and that's what he says as he prophesies in chapter 11 and then you see the glory returning towards the end of the book of Ezekiel, the prophecies of Ezekiel. The glory comes back and the glory comes back. There is a change. The glory, but yet in the time when the glory has gone and between the time when the glory has left and the glory is going to come back, God continues to remain as a sanctuary for them. But I want you to know this morning, God remains to you and I as a sanctuary. Yet for a little while, I have been a sanctuary for them in the countries they have gone. During the time of the suffering, during the time where they were you know, judged, during the time when they had to experience the wrath of God, during the time where God was turning their hearts back to him, Yet he was a sanctuary for them. So cheer up this morning. God is a sanctuary for us. Even though we feel we have been scattered. We are unable to gather. We are unable to be together. We are unable to worship the Lord together. We are unable to experience the glory that it comes down during the corporate times of worship. As we would gather together and in the presence of God, we would experience the awesome glory of God. It feels like the glory of God has left us. But I want you to know, but yet a little while, God continues to be as a sanctuary for us. And the glory of God is going to come back. And he will give us an undivided heart and put a new spirit in us. 
and remove a heart of stone and bring back a heart of flesh. God is going to do this. Here is an ancient prophecy from an ancient prophet which will come true in our lives also. I believe with all my heart that the prophets of God spoke not only to those times alone, but the prophecies have been recorded for our good. And these prophecies continue to speak and they, they are the word of God that is alive and this you know, Israel that was dead and his Israel was like dry bones will, as it was revived once again and rose up as a great army, God will revive us and raise us up as a great army that will rise up for the harvest work of God. And you and I are part of this great army of God. God is raising up a people for himself. God always was raising up a people for himself at different times. God was always concerned about people. God was always calling people back to him. God was always bringing people back to, you know, an understanding of who he is and his heart. And I believe that these are days where God is taking us back to his heart. God is taking us back to his glory. God is coming, going to come down in all of his glory and might and manifest his awesome presence with mighty deeds. But he wants us to come before him before that. For that to happen, he wants us to come and realize how unimaginably holy and glorious he is. That's what we read from Ezekiel chapter 1 verses 4 to 9 and 15 to 18. The spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. As a result, the creatures were able to move in any directions. The wheels moved. Most biblical you know, uh, uh, scholars and uh, teachers understand that this is an idea of the spirit of God. Who is moving and while he is moving in any of the directions, uh, they begin to have this, the wheels, you know, talking about the movement, the mobility that is there uh, speaks so much about where they had this direct knowledge of God and access to the will of God. And whichever place or move way the spirit of God wanted to move, the Lord wanted to move, the wheels moved and that speaks of the spirit moving. The mobility of the wheels, it suggests the omnipresence of God, where the spirit and the presence of God can move in any place, in any direction, for any people. And the eyes is, you know, where the wheels, the rims were full of eyes, where the, the eye speaks of visibility, not just mobility, but visibility, where he can see everything in and out, in all directions. The wheels were in all directions, the rims were moving and the eyes were there completely. And there's the omniscience, the knowledge where he can see everything. There's nothing unknown to him, nothing hidden from him. And the wheels were awesome and they were risen. The rims were high, the Bible says in verse 18. The rims were high and awesome and all four rims were full of eyes around. The highness, the rims rising up. As the, the creatures moved and the, they lifted, the wheels moved along and without turning, it moved in any direction. The spirit moved, the living creatures moved and the rims were high and awesome. Speaks so much of the elevated position of God that he is high and awesome and he moves in any direction he's omnipotent he's high above everything the vision that appeared to Ezekiel has a powerful imagery of movement and action the powerful imagery in the prophecies of Ezekiel of the visions that he had of this glorious one who was moving is one of movement and action. The imagery is of one of movement and action. Demonstrates the characteristics of God's divine nature. Where he is always on the move and he is in action. He is not a God who is sit, sitting laid back. Uh, you know move without any movement like an idol. Like a, 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 a statue. But he is a God who is dynamic and active. And he is moving. And it presented God as also being, a, 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 you know, on a chariot-like throne. That he was seated in all glory like a chariot-like throne. Again, speaking of his movement in action, a chariot moves. His glory is both supreme and imminent also. It exists. 
His, ex- his presence, His glory exists in and extends beyond into all the created universe. This is who our God is. This is how glorious, holy and unimaginably awesome and glorious He is. And this glorious God who came down in His glorious form in such a manner with His omnipresence and omniscience and omnipotence and visibility you know, and mobility and in, 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 in powerful action and movement. He calls a man. He's concerned about people. He looks at people's lives and he calls a man for a purpose. Firstly, we talked about the holiness, the unimaginable holiness and the glory of God. Secondly, I want to talk to us in this um, you know, message of, from the ancient prophet. He calls for a man for his purpose. Bringing us back to his glory. To bring us back to his glory. He calls a man for his purpose. He comes and reveals himself to this man. With all his holiness and glory. And calls a man. He manifests himself. He comes and reveals himself. He does not have to do that. But yet he comes and as a God. Who is in action and in movement. As one who is glorious and unimaginably holy. Comes and reveals himself to man. And calls a man for his purpose, Ezekiel. The called out man for Israel along with Daniel and Jeremiah and many others who were contemporaries to him. In chapter 2 of Ezekiel verses 4 to 7, this is the call. The people to whom I am sending you are obstinate and stubborn. What a calling. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. And whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are a rebellious people. They will know that a prophet has been among them. Ezekiel, I want you to be a prophet. I want you to go and speak my message to my people. But they are an obstinate people. They are a rebellious people. But whether they listen or don't listen, I want you to be a prophet. That they will know that there is a prophet in Israel. That God is watching. That God is speaking. God wants them to know that there is a man of God in this place. There is God manifesting and speaking to his people in this place. They will know that a prophet has been among them. And you son of man do not be afraid of them or their words. Do not be afraid though briars and thorns all around you. And you will live among scorpions. Do not be afraid of what they say or be terrified by them. Though they are a rebellious people. You must speak my words to them. Whether they listen or fail to listen. For they are a rebellious people. This is the calling of a man of God. To bring the word of God. To bring God to people. To call people to God. To help people understand God's standards and expectations. To help people to repent and turn to God. Lest the wrath of God will come upon them. This is the calling of a man of God. This is the calling of a man of God. And I want us to hear, church, I want you to hear this morning the heartbeat of God and the voice of God that speaks through the prophet's words from the ancient prophet Ezekiel. God is bringing about judgment because he's a just God. The judgment that comes because of his justice, nature of justice. He says in chapter 5 and verse 12, This is the third aspect of calling people back to God. Back to the glory of God. Chapter 5 and verse 12. He speaks of the judgment. A third of your people would die of the plague. Or perish by famine inside you. A third will fall by the sword outside your walls. And a third I will scatter to the winds and pursue with drawn sword. People are dying with plague because of lack of food. Inside our own nation. There are people who are dying by the sword. Many murders during this time. All kinds of murders. And a third I will scatter to the winds and pursue them with drawn sword. People are fleeing their cities, towns, villages. Fleeing. We have seen all of this in our lifetime. We have seen all of this in these last three months. All of these in the last three months. God is judging Israel. God is judging Israel. Why the judgment? 
There are several reasons and there are several scriptures that talk about it through the prophecies of Ezekiel. But I want to just list them for you. Listen to me very carefully. The undermining of parental authority. Injustices that take advantage of the poor and the helpless. Indifference of leaders to the best interests of those they rule. As well as indifference to the things of God. A legal reign of terror. They were using law to terrorize people. It included murders, finishing off people for their own political benefits. Leaders engaging in immorality, seeking illicit personal profits. When any society forgets God and strays from its spiritual foundations, its leadership becomes corrupt and the nation ultimately Ultimately, the nation falls. This is what happened to the people of Israel. And this is exactly what is happening in our times even today. This is exactly what is happening. Not only that, chapter 20 talks about the breaking down of the Sabbath laws. That actually is a big reason for national punishment. Breaking down of Sabbath People did not seek God. People did not observe the Sabbath. The Sabbath was just taken as a ritualistic thing. But today the Sabbath for us is a time where we seek the face of God. And rest from all our earthly duties. And spend time in the presence of God in his word. It might be in the middle of the night. It might be in the early morning. It might be through the day. It might be a time of fasting and prayer. It might be anyhow. But a Sabbath. A time to seek the Lord. A time where the congregation, the people of God came together on the Sabbath day. And today we are coming together as the people of God together as a church online three times. Monday, Wednesday and Friday. And I want you, every one of you who is watching me right now, if you are not plugged in into this People of God coming together for a time of Sabbath in the presence of God. If you are not plugging in, I want to encourage you to do so. That you do not miss the time of God's people gathering together. Face to face for time of meditation of the word of God. And a time of prayer and waiting upon the presence of the Lord. And praying for each other. Knowing each other's needs. Praying for each other. And caring for one another. If you are not plugging in. I want to encourage you to join us Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Online in the night at 9 o'clock. Don't miss the times of gathering of God's people the church of Jesus. While we as a church, local church come together. It's important that you plug in. Many of you are missing it. And I want to encourage you to join our times of coming together. We've been calling you repeatedly three times. Uh, for three times we come together. Even if you're working during that hours. If you can set apart even one day in a week. Even if you're working at that time. Even if you can get a break for one hour. One day in a week. Jesus asked the disciples, would you not tarry with me for even one hour in the garden of Gethsemane? Can you not even join for one hour with the church? Even once a week. This is something that is important. This is something which is serious. This is something that you have to do. This is something that you don't miss. This is something that we as the church, we come together. And coming together. It's the will of God. It's God's divine plan that we come together as his church. If you have not understood the biblical teaching about it, I want to encourage you to plug in. You will understand more. Breaking of the Sabbath. The coming together of the people of God in the house of God. They broke that. They were not faithful to that. This brought about national punishment. It's being mentioned in both in Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 8 and in verse 26. And they ended up eating on the mountains in verse 9. And 18.6 and verse 11 also refers to participation in pagan worship. They said we will go and do our own worship. We will not join the Sabbath worship. It resulted in national punishment. 
the judgment of God was coming upon them because of the many sins of the people of Israel. Again, chapter 22, verses 23 to 29. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, say to the land, you are a land that has not been cleansed or rained on in the day of wrath. There is a conspiracy of her princes within her, like a roaring lion tearing its prey. They devour people, take treasures and precious things and many widows within her. The rulers were oppressing them. The princes were oppressing the people. They were tearing and ripping people apart. Her priests do violence to my law and profane my holy things. They do not distinguish between what is holy and common. They teach that there is no difference between the unclean and the clean. And they shut their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbaths. If I do not say that you are not to you know, abstain from the gathering of the people of God. That when we have our Sabbath times together that you join. If I do not say that you must join. If I do not say that you not joining is not right. I will be like the priests during the time of the people of Israel. Where they shut their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbaths. Where I shut my eyes and say. Oh, whatever anybody wants to do, let them do. We will not say anything. If I be like that, I will be like the priests who will be held responsible. Because they, the priests shut their eyes to the keeping of the Sabbaths so that I am profaned among them. Her officials within her are like wolves tearing their prey. They shed blood and kill people to make unjust gain. Her prophets whitewash these deeds for them by false visions and lying divinations. Oh, prophecy after prophecy. People are sitting and watching day and night prophecies which speak about so much of blessing and prosperity and good things are going to happen. That is happening. Good blessing is coming. Coronavirus will go away. All kinds of prophecies these days. Don't get carried away by lying visions and false prophecies that you watch on television. Be careful. Join with the people of God who study God's word together and by the light of God's word live their lives. Join the people of God who worship and pray together. So that your soul will not be lost. So that your family will be blessed. So that your children will prosper. God is speaking to you brother, sister. God is speaking to you. If you are a head of the family. It's you. You have to take the lead. To call your family. And join together with the church. With the people of God. To pray and seek the Lord together. If you turn your back on it, danger is coming your way. If you turn your back on it, God's wrath can come upon us. If you're turning your back against the plan of God, which is God is building his church. And we as the people of God have to be together as his people and join and pray and seek his face. If you're not aligning yourself to divine plans of God, it's going to be dangerous for you. I warn you in Jesus name that you turn back to God. You turn back to the church. You turn back to the people of God. Turn yourself back. Do not harden your heart. Harden in your heart and do not, not paying attention or heed to the voice of the servants of God whom God has given to you is going to be dangerous for you. It's not going to be a blessing for you. This is what the sovereign Lord says. The people of the land practice extortion, commit robbery. They oppress the poor and the needy, mistreat the foreigner, deny them justice. This is what is happening in our nation. Everywhere you turn, every news channel you open, every newspaper you read, you will find all of these things. But there is a turning point. There is a turning point that God has. Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30 to 31. Read with me. Turn in your Bible to Ezekiel chapter 22 verses 30 to 31. I looked for someone among them. Who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land. So I would not have to destroy it. But I found no one. God is looking for people who will stand in the gap. And we as a church are standing in the gap three times a week. Join the church. Stand in the gap together. And let's pray together so that the curse of God, the judgment of God, the wrath of God will not come upon us, will not come upon our families, will not come upon our generations, will not come upon the land. 
It's time we need to pray. It's time we need to come together to pray. It's time we do not give excuses to say, oh, it's, uh, you know, I have to sleep. I have work. I have this. I have that. Let's not give excuses to pray. Let's not give excuses to come together in the, as a church, as the church of Jesus. If we continue to do so, we will miss the glory of God. If we continue to do so, we will incur the wrath of God. If we will continue to do so, the blessing of God will continually be hindered. There is a turning point. There is a possibility for a turning point. Praise God, there is a possibility for a turning point. The turning point is this. God is saying, I look for someone who will stand in the gap and pray so that I do not have to destroy it. Brother, sister, if our life should flourish, if our life should be blessed, if our life should progress, if our family should do well, if our future should be blessed, if we should live a peaceful and a blessed life, if we should live in prosperity, if we should prosper, if we should live well, we need to turn back to God. We need to come to Him. It's time to turn back to God. It's time to turn your heart back to the people of God. It's time to turn your heart back to the church. It's time to turn your heart back to the servant of God whom God has given to you. It's time to turn your heart. How long will you harden your heart? How long will you turn away? How long will you rebel? How long will you be stiff-necked? How long? How long? God is looking for a people who will pray. There's a turning point. Fourthly, there is grace available in the midst of the chaos. That's the key word we read. There is grace in chaos. It says in chapter 9 and verses 4 to 6, Go throughout the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of those who grieve and lament over all the detestable things that are done in it. As I listened, he said to others, Follow him through the city and kill without showing pity or compassion. Slaughter the old men, the young men, the women, the mothers, the children. Do not touch anyone who has the mark. Begin at my sanctuary. He's saying, you know who gets grace during this period of time? Go throughout the city of Jerusalem, verse number 4 of chapter 9. Go throughout the city of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of those who will grieve and lament over all the detestable things that are done in it. God is looking for a people who will grieve and lament. Over all the detestable things that are done. That's what we are doing when we come together to pray. In the nights, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We are coming together to pray one hour. And we are praying for the people. We are praying for the sickness of the people. We are praying for the sins of the people. We are praying for the deliverance of the, the, the politicians from corruption. We are praying for systems to change. And we are beginning to see change as we are praying together. And for those who will grieve and lament and pray over all the detestable things that are happening, God will put a mark on them. Put a mark on them. And he says, the rest of them, destroy. For those on whom the mark remains, they will be protected. The blood was smeared on the doorposts while they were exiting Egypt and the angel of death passed by. There's grace in chaos. There is a turning point, my brother, sister. There's a turning point that you and I can have in our life. There's a turning point that has to come in your life. And the turning point is that you turn to God. You turn to the servant of God. You turn to the church of Jesus. You turn to the word of God. You turn towards prayer. You turn and join together with us in, in, as we seek the Lord. And there is grace that comes to you in the midst of that chaos. And as a result of that, Fifthly, you find there's a plan for restoration. God plans a plan of restoration. In Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 16 to 21, we read that. While their nations are scattered, yet for a little while I've been a sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. And he says they will return and, and he will bring them back to the land. And he will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. And he says, I will remove from them a heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. 
I will remove from them a heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Hallelujah. This is the plan of restoration that God is having. Brother, sister, God is going to turn your heart. God is changing your heart. God is changing your spirit. Maybe until now you were rebellious. Maybe until now you were stiff-necked. Maybe until now you were obstinate. Maybe until now whatever we said did not make any sense. Maybe until now you hated the servants of God. Maybe until now you did not like the church. Maybe until now you did not like the fellowship of God's people. Maybe until now you were indifferent. But God is saying, I will give them an undivided heart. God is saying, I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will put a new spirit in them. I pray this morning, God will give you an undivided heart and God will put a new spirit in you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone who is watching us right now, every believer, every family, Lord. I pray that you will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them, Lord. Would you lift your hand where you are? Brother, sister, husband, wife, children, parents, everybody, the whole family, would you lift your hand along with me? And shall we pray, Lord, give us an undivided heart and put a new spirit in us, O God. Would you cry out to the Lord right now, Lord, put in our hearts, give us a undivided heart and put a new spirit in us, O God. Hallelujah. Ask the Lord right now. Brother, sister, would you pray? Would you close your eyes? Pray right now. Lord, give me an undivided heart. Lord, give our family an undivided heart. Give us a new spirit within us, Lord. Take away our indifference. Pray right now. Repeat after me. Lord, take away our indifference. Lord, take away our rebelliousness. Lord, take away our hardness of heart. Take away the rebelliousness, Lord. We repent, O oh Father. Would you repent right now for the indifference that you have shown, for the rebelliousness you had? Would you repent right now that indifference, Lord? Lord, sorry, Lord. We have been indifferent to you, Lord. We have been rebellious, O oh Father. By our silence, we have been indifferent. By our silence, we have been rebellious, O oh God. Sometimes we can be very quiet, but that can be a rebelliousness within our heart. Would you repent of that and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, we are sorry as a family. We have been rebellious. We have been indifferent by our silence. Hallelujah. By not joining along with the church to pray. We have been indifferent. We have been rebellious, oh God. Would you repent for that sin? Brother, sister, if you repent, it is good for you. Pray with me right now. Ask the Lord, Lord, I repent. Lord, we want to change. Lord, we do not want to be indifferent. Lord, we do not want to be rebellious. We do not want to be stiff-necked like the people of Israel. But give us an undivided heart and a new spirit, O oh God. That we will keep the Sabbath, our times of coming together. We will keep it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Help us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know what happens as a result of that? Come with me to chapter 43. We have to fast forward very quickly. We don't have time to go into every chapter. The glory of God returns. That's what is the crux of this message. The climax of this message is brother, sister, the glory of God is returning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chapter 43 verses 4 and 5. The glory of the Lord entered the temple through the gate facing the east. Then the spirit lifted me up, brought me into the inner court and the glory of God filled the temple. Hallelujah. The glory of God fills your heart. The glory of God fills your life. The glory of God fills your home. The glory of God fills the church. Hallelujah. The church that is scattered in different homes right now this morning. The glory of God fills you. Hallelujah. The tangible presence of God fills your home, fills your heart, fills your life. Hallelujah. 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 Say hallelujah along with me. Say hallelujah. The glory fills us right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In chapter 43 verses 10 and 11. Son of man describe the temple to the people of Israel. That they may be ashamed of their sins. Let them consider its perfection. The temple. The temple is talking about the building. But here, right now, in the New Testament, the temple represents uh, the church, the people of God, the bride of Christ. It, the, consider the temple. Consider its perfection. Consider what kind of a community this is. This is a community where the presence of God comes and dwells by His Spirit. Read in Ephesians chapter 2, the last three verses. It will say, oh, God is building a temple and He's joining us together where the Spirit of God will come and 
dwell. The glory is returning back to the temple, the people of God. Hallelujah. The spirit of God will come and dwell. And he's a God who moves. And he's a God who is mobile. He's a God who is seeing. He's a God who is omnipotent. And, and he's a God who is in movement. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a God who is moving. And he comes to dwell. Consider the perfection of the temple. Its design and its arrangements. Its exits, its entrances. The whole design. Its regulations and the laws. In verses 10 and 11. Write these down that they may be faithful. Write these down that they may be faithful to its design and follow its regulations. You know, preceding chapters from 39, 40, uh, 41, 42, 3 to 4 chapters is a description of the temple, the design of the temple. I was wondering as I read through it, why is God taking so much pain to describe every room, the size, the height, the length, the width, the breadth, the, and the portico, and the door, the window, and every detail. Read 40, 41, 42, three chapters. God is extensively describing the size, the shape, the dimensions, the position, everything about the temple. I was wondering why. And when I came here, I understood. God is saying, let them consider its perfection. The place where God dwells. It's not the building in terms of the four walls today. But it is the people of God, the temple of God, the church of Jesus, where the spirit of the Lord dwells. Hallelujah. And God wants us to be faithful. Consider its perfection. Consider the design. Consider God's plan. Consider God's pattern. Which God himself has given for us to be as his church. As his people. As his community. Praying. Fellowshipping. Devoted to the apostles teaching. Breaking bread together. Sharing with one another. This is the church. The church that gathers and sticks together every day. They met in the temple courts and they break, broke bread with glad and sincere hearts. They fellowship together. Consider its design. Consider its perfection. Consider its pattern. And when you consider it and when you realize that this is important, that you may be faithful to it. Faithful to it. I appeal to you with all humility and love. Brother, sister, families, would you be faithful to Jesus? Would you be faithful to his community and fellowship? This is God's pattern. This is God's design. This is not my idea. I'm not pushing for you to join us so that you will contribute more for the ministry. This is not for money's sake. This is not to add numbers. If we were all about money, I could have gone into another job or done some other business. My dad had a good business of air conditioning and refrigeration. My brother runs a business in, you know, uh, in civil engineering. I could you know, join any business to earn money. But this is not for your money. This is not, we're not asking for your money. We're not asking for your property. We're not asking for your building. We're not asking for your wealth. We're not asking for your gold and silver. We're asking for your heart and your faithfulness to God and to the pattern, the design of God, which he himself has set for which we need to be faithful. And as his servants, it's our duty to help you understand God's design and pattern and call you back to it. Call you back to it. The glory of God returns. Hallelujah. I'm excited. When you return, the glory will return. When you come back, the glory comes back into your life. When you turn to God, when you turn your heart back to the people of God, the glory of God will return into your home, into your family in a glorious way. And you will see the powerful move of God and the working of God and the miracles of God. The breakthrough that God will give you. You will see it in dramatic ways. The glory of God, the tangible presence of God will come upon you. And God will open doors for your life, your future. Hallelujah. This is how God opens up the river. The seventhly. Hallelujah. Come down with me. The flowing of the gospel river. Seventhly, the, the flowing of the gospel river. Ezekiel chapter 47 verse 1. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple. And I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. The water was coming 
from the temple. That's why I'm telling us, come join with the temple once again. Hallelujah. That's why I'm calling us, come back to God. Come back to the fellowship. Come back to the unity. Come back, understand the design, the pattern that God has said. Be faithful to it. And when you do so, the glory comes back. And when you come and when you experience that, you'll see water coming out from under the threshold of the temple. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple. From out of your belly will flow rivers of living water pointing to the spirit of God. And when the gospel and the spirit flows from the people of God, he asked me in verse 6 to 12, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. It was flowing and bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the Araba, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because of this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God will flow like a river. The Gospel River flows. Hallelujah, when you've come and repositioned yourself back and be faithful to God's design and pattern, what happens, the glory comes back and out of the glory of God and from the people of God will flow the river of God and through you, hallelujah, wherever you go, whatever you touch, whoever you speak to, whatever you, however you interact, whatever happens through you, whatever God does and designs to do through you, whatever happens, the river will flow through you, hallelujah. And whatever is dead will become alive. Everything will begin to live and prosper. Whatever is salty will become fresh and clean. And everything will multiply and swarms of living creatures will live. Wherever the river flows, you will see a great blessing and a multiplication of everything that happens through your life. The fish will be of many kinds. Many kinds of giftings and many kinds of activities you will begin to do. And you will begin to manifest in several ways. Hallelujah. 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 But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. But there are some swamps and marshes stagnating water. It will never become fresh. Because you've not tapped into the living water. But if you tap into the living water, if you're faithful to God's design and plan of coming together as a people of God, you will be enriched, you will grow. You, you will grow in a way that you can never imagine. And you will begin to function in a way that you will never imagine you would have never imagined. And God will begin to use you there. Leaves, the, the, the fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. On every side you will prosper. On every side you will bring forth fruit on every side whatever you plant will begin to bear fruit and their leaves will not wither they will not nor will their fruit fail every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing this is the same description that John the apostle actually speaks you know towards the end of the book of Revelation the, the river that flows from the throne of God the river that flows from the throne of God is the same river that flows through the, the gospel river that flows from the people of God. The church, the people of God. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing the way you will begin to be so fruitful and such a blessing and the blessedness of your life will grow exponentially. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I do not know. I do not have words to explain how well your life will flourish and blossom and prosper and how well you will be so useful and how well you will bear so much fruit and how well it's beyond comprehension. What God will begin to do through your life is beyond your imagination, beyond what you ever dreamt of. Hallelujah. Brother, sister, you only see the now, but God sees the future. God sees the future which is far beyond your imagination and I want you to turn back to him. I want us to turn back to the fellowship. I want us to be faithful to God's plan, pattern and design. And that happens. The glory returns. The flowing of the gospel river will begin to go through so exponentially, bring forth such fruit through our lives. But the good news is right now there is grace in the chaos. 
there is grace in the chaos. There is a plan for restoration. God is planning for such a restoration. What do you say? What decision would you like to make? The decision lies in your hands. Take the right decision and you will see God restore your life and bless you in ways and means far beyond your imagination. God bless you. Shall we pray together? Would you commit your life to God right now? And thank God and say, Lord, I thank you for there is grace in the middle of this chaos. I thank you, Lord, because you've called someone to speak your word to me. I thank you, Lord, because you've revealed your holiness and the gloriousness of who you are. And I thank you because you opened our eyes to see why all of this is happening in reflection of your word and how there is sin all around us and sin in our own lives and for which we repent and for the indifference and not keeping of the Sabbath and the coming together of the people of God, we repent of that. And Lord, and so we thank you for this plan of restoration and when the glory returns, oh God, we thank you because your glory is going to move. It's going to, your glory is moving, Lord. Your glory is moving in a way that is unimaginable, oh Father. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord. Praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Master. Hallelujah. 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 The glory of God is in movement and in action. The glory of God is in movement and in action. Hallelujah. 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 And angelic beings move. They move very swiftly. I remember several months back on this very platform in the church, one, one um, I think it was one, uh, one night during the night, half night prayer, fourth Friday night prayer, we were praying and I was leading worship and playing the keyboard in this corner on this right side. And I was praying and I suddenly saw uh, angelic beings coming down in a glorious form in the middle of the church. As the people of God were seated and kneeling and praying and worshipping. And there was a mighty awesome move of the Holy Spirit. And suddenly I saw the swift moving of angels, angelic beings moving very swiftly. And I saw, I could, I could hear the brushing of the, the wings on the side, onto my right side. It's still so fresh in my mind. I want you to know these, this such experiences are so real. What Ezekiel experienced is so real. I've experienced it. Not as much as Ezekiel has, but a fraction of it probably. A fraction of it. The glory of God moves and he moves very swiftly. Hallelujah, I pray. This morning that the glory of God, the weight of his glorious presence will descend in your home. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, for every family, O oh God, the glorious presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, of the triune God, the omnipotent, the omniscient, and the omnipresent God, like as, Lord, the glory came and filled the temple once again. I pray that the glory of God will fill this house, O oh God. Fill, Lord, fill, hallelujah. Fill every home with your glory. Fill every house with your glory. Fill every family with your glory. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, praise the Lord. Lift your hand and begin to praise Him right now. Wherever you are, in your living room or bedroom, or wherever you are seated, lift your hands and begin to praise Him. Hallelujah. Begin to speak in tongues and glorify God. The glory of God is going to descend upon you right now. Oh, Ramanda Ramangarandana Shabanamanamanangarandana. Oh, the glory fill every house, oh God. The glory fill every house, oh God. Fill every home, fill the whole church, oh God. Hallelujah, everyone, Lord, who's scattered all across the city and the nations, Lord. People are watching from different places. The glory of God, fill them. Let it fill them, O oh Master. 
Hallelujah. Let the gospel river, let the spirit of God as a river flow through us. As the glory comes and rests upon us and dwells among us. Let the river flow, Lord. Let the river flow, Lord. Let the river flow, Lord. Let there be flourishing and prospering. Let there be, Lord, blessing and abundance of God. Let there be fruitfulness and of many kinds and many giftings and many, Lord, every side, O oh Father. Begin to flourish, O oh God. Hallelujah. Let there be swarms and, Lord, multiplication of fish. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Multiplication through every one of our lives. Let everything multiply. Let everything we touch, let everything that we involved in multiply, grow, flourish. Manifold times, oh God. Hallelujah. Bless your people, bless your people, bless your people. Have mercy upon everyone. Let no one be lost, Lord. Let no one, Lord, slip away from the fellowship, oh God. Let no one slip away from you, Lord. Let no one be lost, oh God. Cover everyone under your precious blood. Bless every family. Bless them, Lord. We pray for everyone, Lord, who is yet to be married, O oh Father. We pray that you will provide for them suitable partners. Lord, we pray for the parents, Lord, who are anxious, O oh Father, that you will, Lord, take away all their anxiety and fear and fill them with your peace. Lord, bless every young person in our church, everyone who is watching with suitable life partners and bless their married life, O oh God. Lord, we also pray for those who are financially, Lord, struggling, O oh Father. Provide their needs, O oh Father. Provide every need, O oh God. Lord, we pray for those who need a job, who need a business, Lord, we, who need a breakthrough, Lord. Provide for them, Lord. Hallelujah. Open the windows of heaven and provide their needs miraculously, O oh Father. Those who are, Lord, having pay cuts, Lord, provide for them, Lord. Provide for them, Lord. We pray for those who are sick and suffering. Heal them, Lord. Heal them, Lord. Fill us with the joy of your presence and make us very fruitful. We thank you for this old message from an ancient prophet that can bring the glory down. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that makes the river to flow even this morning in a new way. Bless everyone. Bless everyone. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.